0: Out in the desert savanna of Namibia's Itasha National Park live some of the icons of African wildlife. Elephants, rhinos, and leopards are a huge part of the ecosystem, and they draw adoring tourists from around the world. The animal's fame has also made them the faces of global campaigns to protect endangered species. It will take all of our best efforts to save the elephant. Together, we can save our wild rhinos. But there's one animal you don't hear, and it's not often mentioned as a species under threat. In fact, it rarely makes any noise at all. The giraffe. Though it's the tallest mammal in the world, it's failed to stand out, and its numbers are reaching alarmingly low levels.
1: Thirty-eight percent of Africa's giraffes have disappeared during the past three decades.
2: This is much faster than the decline in numbers of elephant or rhino. So, what's
0: behind the giraffe's silent extinction? I'm Kevin Hurton, in for Malika Bilal, and this is the Take. One of the biggest giraffe populations in the world is in Namibia. That's also where you can find Steph Fennessy. And it's Steph, not Stephanie.
1: Whatever, I'm I'm German. Until I was like 29, I was always Stephanie, and then I married an Australian. I've never been called Stephanie since. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the executive director of the Giraffe Conservation Foundation, which was founded by my husband and me.
0: It started as a side project for the couple, while Steph's husband finished his PhD. But it's since become a full-time and deeply personal mission for both of them.
1: But I actually have a giraffe here in my wedding ring. That was the first giraffe we tagged.
0: Over the years, they've made several important discoveries about giraffes.
1: Most people don't know all giraffes look different. That pattern is just like a human fingerprint. So you can tell them apart. And as we started doing research in that area, we started recognizing uh, specific animals.
0: That's fascinating that that all giraffes are unique. They have a fingerprint or they're like snowflakes. I, I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, but what is really fascinating and what actually um, We at the Giraffe Conservation Foundation with our partners found out only about five years ago that there is four different species of giraffe. So they're actually very different. They split more than 600,000 years ago uh, from each other and uh, can be considered different species and are genetically just very different.
0: So what you're saying is that up until just a few years ago, science thought that there was only one type of giraffe. And now you know there are four?
1: Yeah, it's quite shocking, isn't it? It's shocking. (laughs) So yeah, because they all, they they look the same and and giraffe, when they were first described by the early explorers, just based on diary entries, then some paintings came to Europe and were described and then photos and they all look quite the same and people looked, where do they live and they look the same and these ones are a bit different. So they decided that there must be one species and nine different subspecies. And that just has been accepted and no one ever questions it, which is I think is, is quite fascinating. So about twenty years ago, we started collecting DNA samples within the zoos, and then they needed some reference material and realized there was just nothing, no one had ever bothered to collect samples of giraffe.
0: Are you saying that basically the, the explorers, they found these things, they looked at them and then no one bothered to do any follow-up research since?
1: No, no, no <laughs> one ever bothered until we came along and started analyzing the data. So we now have collected several thousand samples of all major populations in Africa and we work with a lab in Germany. They also work on bears, So they said that the different species of giraffe are more different from each other than brown bears from polar bears.
0: Wow. Incredible. That is incredible. Um, So, I mean, I've looked into this. So there's a couple of things that jump out to me. One is that when they're born, they're as tall as I am. That's amazing. (laughs) Newborn giraffes are six feet tall. It's incredible. Yeah. And um, also very big tongues and very big hearts.
1: Yes. Very big hearts. You can imagine and um, NASA has done quite a lot of research on them when they build their their spacesuits, compression suits, and looking at how they do it with their valve system as well.
0: Because the heart needs to be so big because it needs to pump blood all the way up to the brain, which is feet away. Exactly.
1: Um, but then also, especially in their legs, they have a really thick skin that um, is a bit like a compression sock. So they looked into that also for their spacesuits, I believe.
0: But there's so little information about giraffes, many people didn't realize their population was plummeting, especially in comparison to other species in the food chain.
1: There's about 117,000 giraffes remaining in Africa. Giraffe, in the end, they're a prey species. Lions eat giraffes, so there's supposed to be so many more than lion, for example, and that is just not the case. There's one giraffe for every four elephant in Africa, wow. which is a pretty shocking wow. number of you if you look at that. There has been a lot of government buying international support to, to save elephant, where a giraffe just silently continued dying. Giraffes are no longer found in seven African countries.
0: The International Union for the Conservation of Nature now warns that giraffes are heading towards extinction. The giraffe population is now estimated at 117,000. But in some areas, researchers didn't even know how many giraffes existed until very recently.
1: Giraffes are notoriously difficult to count from the ear because of their body shape. So if you do aerial surveys, you just miss a lot and they often stand under trees or close to trees. So it's really difficult. In Uganda, they have a very special giraffe. It's the Nubian giraffe. It's a subspecies of the northern giraffe. And the northern giraffe is the most endangered species of giraffe in Africa. When we started working in Uganda, the latest estimate was that there was about 700 Nubian giraffe, mainly in Murchison Falls National Park.
2: Murchison Falls is not only Uganda's largest conservation area, but also the oldest, hosting over 76 species of mammals and 451 birds. And when we
1: started working there, we single-handedly doubled the giraffe population, literally overnight, by simply counting them. Wow. So in Murchison Falls, we started uh, photo surveys. We took photos of every single giraffe and we used AI programs that help us identify the giraffe. So we realized there's actually 1,400. Now we think the population has grown to almost 1,800. But in Murchison Falls, they recently detected oil. The East African nation discovered commercial reserves of petroleum, in one of the world's most biodiverse regions. In full production, around 150,000 barrels of oil a day will be pumped out of this area. And um, as fate has it, the main area overlaps almost 100% with the habitat of the giraffe. And obviously, there is no way the oil exploration is not going to go ahead. So we work very closely with the government in monitoring the giraffe. But also we help the government to develop some satellite populations to move some of the giraffe to other areas in the country where there's no oil and where they live better protected.
0: How do you move a giraffe? That sounds difficult.
1: (laughs) With great difficulties. Yeah, there's two capture ways. Either you capture them individually where you... Dart them, and then you literally rope them. You have some guys with a rope who run around them and basically trip them. Then when they're on the ground, you immediately reverse the drugs, wake them up. And with great difficulty, you load them on a trailer and then on a truck and you transport them. You normally take quite young giraffes that are not too tall. Yeah. And then they travel surprisingly well if you have a careful driver. And yeah, you, you move them slowly. We do a lot of research before. We check that the new habitat is suitable, that there's enough food, that they're protected, and we also monitor them afterwards to see how they settle in.
0: But moving giraffe to new habitats has not been that common over the decades. And Steph says human activity and expansion into wildlife areas has been the main source of the giraffe's decline.
1: We humans need more space for agriculture. We're building roads, we are building train lines. So we are dissecting existing habitats and they're just pushed into smaller and smaller areas. And as you can imagine, giraffes just need some space to move. What is probably also important to, to note is that in the last three hundred years they lost almost ninety percent of the habitat. Wow. So that just really brings it home.
0: So there's also some poaching going on, mostly for bushmeat, which we'll talk about in a minute. But are are you concerned about international demand for giraffe tails or skins in the same way you are about rhino horn or ivory?
1: No, luckily not. There's no real demand for giraffe parts. It can obviously change. We saw a few years ago suddenly lion belt became quite popular, which hadn't been an issue before. But luckily there doesn't seem to be like a traditional belief that giraffe bones or anything are a cure for something. In Tanzania, there is some groups that believe that the bone marrow helps against HIV AIDS. But again, it's a very localized problem. There is no evidence of large-scale international trade. I know that some organizations really push it because it's a sexy topic. Mm. But we are a science-based organization. So we really look at what's going on and try to find out what is a real threat.
0: after the break, how the plight of these gentle giants remains overlooked, and what's being done to make more noise about their silent extinction.
1: Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day, with the Al Jazeera news updates. Just ask your home device to Play the News by Al Jazeera, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: I've been talking to Steph Fennessy from the Giraffe Conservation Foundation. It's the only group in the world focused solely on protecting giraffe. And it's had to face new challenges. Can I ask you what the impact um, of COVID was on giraffes and and conservation more generally? I know that tourism really dropped off and that means less dollars. Um, Are you feeling the effects of the pandemic?
1: It was really tough, I think, poaching has gone up in a lot of areas because there was just less movement of people. So there was less law enforcement and a lot of people lost their jobs. Overall, I think COVID economically just had a really devastating impact. Um, I can speak for, for Namibia here, where most people either lost their jobs or were on minimum salaries, just percentages of their previous salary. And so poverty also has a big impact on giraffe poaching because If you have no means of feeding your family, you look for meats to feed your family.
0: These symbols of elegance and peace are increasingly being killed for their
2: meat.
1: People say a giraffe could feed a village for more than a week.
2: I think more than anything, this is an economic issue, and it's also a cultural issue. That's Dr.
0: Arthur Muneza, who works with Steph as the Giraffe Conservation Foundation's East Africa Coordinator.
2: I'm based in the green city under the sun, the beautiful city of Nairobi. For those who may not know, Kenya is the only country in Africa that has three different species of giraffe. So that's why for us it's a very, very critical and important conservation area.
0: Arthur believes that giraffe meat hunters are often more opportunistic than they
2: are malicious. A very small proportion of people went out looking specifically for giraffe, but rather, whenever they had an opportunity to get access to giraffe parts they would most likely take that opportunity. There was a situation in January where a truck driver who had collided with a giraffe, so his truck was badly damaged. The people who first arrived to the scene, instead of helping him, went to look for the giraffe meat, they cut it up, instead of calling an ambulance to come help him. That's what we mean by opportunistic access. Because there are people who really want to get quickly to the giraffe meat and bones and skin, whatever, for them to make a quick buck instead of even thinking about the driver who was in a critical condition.
0: But despite these difficulties, efforts are paying off.
1: The West African giraffe only occur in Nigeria, in West Africa, and the population had dropped to about 49 individuals. Wow. And that's when the government said, these giraffes are not going to go extinct under our watch, and they asked for help. We also got involved quite early on and Niger was the first country to develop a national giraffe conservation strategy and action plan. Now there's latest estimate is that there's about 600 of these giraffes, all in one area around the capital basically. Also, we worked with the government and we moved giraffe to a new area to develop a satellite population and in total we moved 12 giraffe and they now have had already some calves. So it's a success that if you take giraffe, put some effort in and also make sure it's a suitable habitat, they are protected, they actually do really well.
0: Still, awareness about the need to protect giraffe hasn't gained as much attention internationally as other wildlife causes. It's time to save the whales
2: again. I'm Morgan Freeman, speaking on behalf of Ducks Unlimited, world's leader in wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Sign the petition to save polar bears.
0: It does increase the mystery at the heart of the story, though, which is, why are giraffes struggling more than other comparable large African animals?
1: I don't think they are struggling in a unique way. The mystery is just that they are such an iconic and... Amazing species, and that no one actually has realized that their numbers have gone down so significantly. It doesn't work in their favor that they are quite prominent in big tourist destinations. So if you go to the Masai Mara, if you go to Kruger National Park, if you go to the Serengeti, if you go to Atasha National Park here in Namibia, you will see giraffes. You will see quite a lot of them because they're protected in these protected areas. Mm. But they just used to occur in a wide range of different habitats and huge areas where they could roam freely. And they just can't anymore. Here in in southern Africa, there's a lot of game farms, so they live happily on these farms, but they can't roam freely.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're based in Namibia, where there's a lot of giraffes seem to be on private game farms. Do you think that that's a good conservation model going forward?
1: Absolutely. I mean, here in Namibia, it's a really successful story about giraffes. So the numbers have been going up. And it's a combination of giraffes occurring in private land, on protected government land, but also in communal land. So what we are doing here, as well as we are supporting the government of bringing giraffes back into these communal areas where they can live freely.
0: Well, it sounds like the very qualities that make it so easy to overlook makes it a good candidate for conservation. It doesn't make a fuss, it can travel well, it interacts well with human beings. I think there's a lot of potential here.
1: Yeah. I mean, they don't really like to come too close to humans. They normally run away when they, when they see you. They're not aggressive. They don't normally attack people. It's just in a, in a very um, unlikely situation when you literally get too close by accident that it can be be dangerous. But giraffes are really dangerous animals when you try to handle them because their feet are the size of dinner plates. Okay. They can kick in all directions. They swing their heads to fight and you see males fighting, they swing their heads. They can kill people if they had to. You always say giraffe can only be saved in Africa by African people who share their space with them. So getting the buy-in of the government, bringing all players, different conservation organizations from the country, universities, local communities, tourism organizations, bring them all at one table and just say to them, guys, this is actually pretty amazing. And these animals are really worthwhile protecting.
0: Yeah, and and because so little research has been done, it would be a shame to find out just how important giraffe are to the wider ecosystem Mm -hmm. after it's too late.
1: Absolutely. Every animal plays an important role in zoo. So to giraffe, Their ecosystem changes just like elephant. They will open environments. They feed at levels where no other animals feed. So of course they have an important role. Um, they're pollinators. So it's, it's really important to have them, but personally, I also really think it would be such a sad testament for humanity if giraffe went extinct under our watch.
0: Arthur says the giraffe's survival is about more than just one animal.
2: That will be a really sad day to lose this very iconic animal. That has captured the imagination of people for a very long time. That is like a representation of the African savanna, because I don't think anyone can think of the African savanna without the iconic silhouette of a giraffe. That will be a very, very big loss.
0: And that's The Take. You can find more about the Giraffe Conservation Foundation in our episode notes. This episode was produced by Miranda Lynn, with Khalid Sultan, Amy Walters, Nagin Oliai, Ashish Malhotra, Chloe K. Lee, and me, Kevin Hurton. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Adam Ged and Munera Altasari are our engagement producers. Alexandra Locke is the Take's executive producer. And Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.